What's up, guys? Welcome to Enjoy the Sass. My name's Faith, and I'm the host of this podcast, and I'm so excited to have you here with me today. It truly means the absolute world to me that you would choose to spend any of your time listening, so thank you so so much. If you're new here, this is a podcast where we like to talk about all the things and throw in a little sass along the way. So I hope you're down for the journey. You can find me on Instagram at enjoy the sass. That's kind of the best way to keep up with everything going on on the podcast and in my life. You can also check out the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. I love Spotify podcasts lately. That's kind of where I've been listening to most and Apple podcasts too. We can't leave them out either. You can check out the website, enjoythesass.com, to see a little more about guests, see pictures, and what's really exciting is you can buy merch. That's right, we've got Enjoy the Sass merch. If you go to enjoythesass.com slash merch, you can see everything that we've got going on. At this point, we have special edition Love You Mean It merch that came out for our birthday, our fourth birthday. So you can get that merch at enjoythesass.com slash merch as well if you'd like to rock some love you mean it merch i would love to see it tag me on instagram if you purchase anything and you're rocking it out in the world it would mean a lot to me that you are supporting me in that way so thank you so so much i truly can't say enough how grateful i am that we have been doing this podcast for four years already it's so fun and we're just getting started we have so much more planned and so many things that I can't wait to do and people I can't wait to talk to. So many awesome guests, hopefully, to come. So without much further ado, I'm so excited to welcome my guest this week. His name is Lucas Gonzalez. If that name sounds familiar, it's because he was episode 102 of the podcast. That's right. He was our first ever guest on Enjoy the Sass four years ago. So I'm really excited to sit down and chat with Lucas and catch up on where he's been over these last four years. I just finished my conversation with him, and you guys, you're not going to want to miss it. It's a really good one. So sit back, relax, grab yourself a Cortado. Once you listen to the episode, you'll know what that's all about. And enjoy my conversation with Lucas, and we'll catch you later. What's up, Lucas? Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Faith. It is good to connect with you, my friend. It's been too long, really. Yes. Well, a couple years, actually. Literally a couple of years. Yeah. So for those of you who are new to the podcast, Lucas was my first ever guest on Enjoy the Sass. He was episode two of the podcast four years ago. So this episode is very special because it's our four year reunion on the podcast. So I'm sure we have a lot to catch up on. But first, I want you to tell everybody, reintroduce yourself to the podcast and and introduce yourself for our new listeners. Yeah, so my name is Lucas Gonzalez. I am currently 34 years old. I'm in the prime of my life. (laughs) That's right. Um, I am married. I've been married for almost um, 2011. I've been married for 11 years, something like that. Mm -hmm. And um, I've got three kids. Uh, Two were born in Texas and one was born in Ohio. So uh, when I got married, I was 23. I moved to Texas. I was part of a church plant, uh, me and my wife. And then we spent the next nine years in Texas doing ministry, meeting people, loving on people, trying to do the best that we can for the Lord. And we had two kids down there in Texas. And then after about nine and a half, almost 10 years, um, transitioned out of that church 
moved back to my hometown, uh, me and my wife's hometown, Youngstown, Ohio. That's where we're both from. I went on staff at a church there, and I went and I youth pastored again. And that's what I've been doing for the last three years. Um, I was a youth pastor at my home church growing up and uh, had a lot of fun, uh, had a good time. And uh, that's when my, my son was born, Isaac. And uh, funny thing about them is like Tiffany, she had the kids' names picked out before I was ever in the picture. So she wanted a girl really? named Kana. She wanted a boy named Enoch. And then if we ever had like a third child, we never knew. So I was like, let's name the third kid. Lucas Jr. She's like, you can't have the third <laughs> kid be Lucas Jr. So, um, my daughter Kana actually, uh, she she named Isaac. So she picked his Aww. name. So um, we had Isaac. He was born during the pandemic. I mean, right smack dab in the middle of it, uh, April wow. twenty two, uh, April of twenty twenty two. And then um, we spent the last we spent three years in my hometown, and then we just made our way back to the great state of Texas. That's right. Glory to God. Um, Hallelujah. Yeah. So we just finally made our way back to Texas. We knew we wanted to get back down here. Tiffany's mom and dad, um, they didn't follow us because we were in the Austin area. They didn't follow us, but um, they came and they started their life after they retired down here in the, the Dallas area. And so we wanted to move back. And so we moved back kind of um, in, um, in this area, close to family, close to her family. So that's, that is in a nutshell, that is in a, in a nutshell, there's a lot that I could talk about in, <laughs> in, in, the, in that timeline in those 12 sure. years, but sure. that, that's what's going on. That's who I am. And, uh, nice. and, uh, so I'm just so happy to be back in Texas. Yeah. Right in the summer too. You came back like right oh, in my goodness. the heat of the summer. Right in the heat of the summer, like <laughs> during the drought and all this stuff and 110 yes. degree days. I mean, rough, rough, but you didn't I miss I, that, I'm sure. But I'll take, I'll take a couple of months of extreme heat over seven months of brutally cold winter. That's true. We don't have those. No, don't have those no. Here. So people so. and like when it's cold and it's hot, you can go inside, you can go to the pool, you go right. to the movie theater, you can do this. When it's cold outside, you're just stuck inside. There's snow, yeah. you can't drive. Uh, it's the worst. <laughs> I think there's like a section of hell where it's just completely freezing cold. And you just have to shovel your driveway, and as soon as you clear a path, <laughs> it goes back. It goes back. Yeah, it's terrible. You know, I'm here for that explanation i don't want it either i'm not a fan of the cold i'm like keep it keep it 85 all the time but we don't even get that here so you know it is what it is well welcome back to texas i'm really glad you're back it just like texas feels better with the gonzalez family uh, in it yeah so i'm happy about that yeah good good i'm happy about that so tell us like what are you doing with your life now that you're back in texas yeah so um so to backtrack a little bit, when I was 20, you know, when I was 18 years old, I went to Bible college. When I was 20 years old, I graduated from Bible college. I took a, a youth pastor job in my home, um, in my hometown. And um, so I have been in some sort of way in full-time ministry for the last 14 years. Yeah. Um, youth pastoring uh, in, my, in my hometown 
you know, uh, for almost three years and then nine years in the Austin area. And then the last three years at my home church where I grew up. And, um, I, I have just, I, I don't, I don't want to use the word burnout cause I'm absolutely not burnout. I'm healthy. Sure. I'm, I'm good. I'm in a good spot. Yeah. So, uh, for, you know, almost the last 14 years, I've been in full-time ministry. So when I came, when I knew that I was coming back to Texas, um, I wanted to take a break and not be in full-time ministry. I wanted to take a break from ministry. Um, I love, you know, I love God. Um, I love, uh, I love the local church. I love the local expression of God's church, but I have just been a part of, and I have seen enough um, uh, things that are in the church that happen in the church that I just wanted to take a break from it and, um, kind of distance myself from it. I never, I never found my identity in, um, you know, being a pastor. I never found my identity in what I do. Um, the challenging thing was for me, this is all that I knew how to do Mm-hmm. Uh, this is like, I felt like this is my only skill set. You know what I mean? Like I'm a good communicator. I'm a good leader. And I know the Bible. Like, how does that, yeah. how do you put that on a corporate resume? Right. Uh, what are your skills? Well, I can quote uh, the Sermon on the Mount. You know what I mean? Like it, yeah. doesn't, it doesn't translate. <laughs> right. Um, right. So, but I knew I wanted to just take a break from ministry. But I think the thing that was really uh, a challenge for me was I don't, I didn't know how I was going to be able to take care of my family. Um mm-hmm. And so, uh, but I just, I just knew I needed to be able to go to church, um, find a church and just be able to sit and receive with my family. So that's been my, that's been my number one goal in coming back to Texas, not to rush into ministry, not to rush to get involved, nothing like that. Just to find a church, find a place where I can raise my kids in the house of the Lord where I can go to church with my wife, where we can sit together, where we can worship together, where we can receive together and we can leave together. I mean, for the last, um, I could say for at least the last 10 years, you know, okay, my daughter's seven. So I could say for at least the last seven years, um, didn't matter what time church started, I was waking up before the family and I was getting to church at 7.30 in the morning, you know, and my family was always coming by themselves they were always coming by themselves so my wife always had to get the kids ready to all by herself and then they would come separately and usually I was in a multiple church multiple service church and so you know it was just like they would come to second service I would see them we would hug and then they would leave and then I would be one of the last people to leave right for the last seven years you know what I mean and that's just like I'm not complaining. I'm just saying that's just the way it goes. That's just Mm -hmm. the way it goes in kind of in ministry. And so um, I knew that I didn't want to do that. I knew I wanted to come as a family. I knew I wanted to leave as a family. I knew I wanted to sit as a family. And right now um, that has been my my just entire focus is to make the things of God, you know, like keep God the center of our family, but like not make ministry the center of our family. So, right. Um, I, I, I can't say that I'm doing perfect at it, but that's like our goal right now. I mean, I feel like having served in church, never being on staff at a church, but serving pretty intensely up until not that long ago, actually, there's a, there's a point in which you have to realize, like you said, your identity is not found in what you were doing 
for the church, like what your title was, what, you know, what your job was because you were on staff, but you have to come back to like where your identity is just in the Lord, you know? Um, And so I feel like, so what is it like navigating that decision? Like, okay, we're going to move back to Texas. We're going to, you know, kind of step back from serving in ministry and we're just going to go to church. Like, what does it look like? What are your conversations with the Lord look like as you're making that transition back into kind of just like a regular church goer? Yeah, I think yeah, for me, you know, it's hard just to be a regular church person because I have sure. I have eyes that see yeah, I have eyes it. that see things. And so I'm like, you know, that was a bad transition or that was a bad lighting <laughs> cue or yeah. there's nobody greeting me at the door or I'm confused. I don't know where to go or the kids right. check in process. Like I can't not see those things. So it's kind sure. of interesting. But I can tell you for me um, and I don't I don't know if this is just I just think this is this is my pulse this is Absolutely. the pulse that I have on the church right now. I could be yeah. wrong, but it's just, these are just my thoughts. I yeah. think that uh, millennials, older millennials, um, and maybe some older Gen Zers, there is a uh, a detachment from uh, the institution of the church. Mm. And so what I mean by that is I think like, you're seeing more and more that the church, the mega church model has become more of like a business institution. You see it with what's going on with like, you know, the Carl Lenz situation, or Mm -hmm. you can name a mega church and a mega church pastor that has recently like fallen. And I don't think that necessarily people are like giving up on God, but I do think that younger people are frustrated and fed up with this idea of the church being an institution instead of being an ecclesia, you know, instead mm-hmm. of it being mm-hmm. a, uh, a community and a family. Yeah. And so that's just, that's just the pulse that I have on, yeah. on, on young people, people that I've talked to and the way that I feel, you know, like church yeah. has become more about a show and a production more than it is about the presence of God and being in community. Um, you know what I mean? Like it's nine 30 in the morning, the room is pitch black and there are lasers and fog <laughs> running around. Like what are yeah. we, and there are 60 year olds in the room. Like, what are we actually trying to do? Right. Like, what are we actually trying to accomplish? Like, right. are we here to honor the Lord or are we here to put on a show? And if you listen to our music, if you listen to the worship that we sing in our churches, by and large, it is mostly about us. Yeah. I am going to be a champion. I God did it for me. It has very little to do with the um, – I, I like to say it has very little to do um, – it's not always very vertical. I think is the best mm-hmm. way to say it. So mm-hmm. it's not mm-hmm. like uh, unto the lamb. It's not about Jesus. It's usually about right. what Jesus has done for us, what Jesus right. can do for us. You know, like yeah. I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory. You know, like the right. battle's the Lord's, but he's going to do it for me. We always think <laughs> that, you know what I mean? Like our boss yeah. or our dad or um, our situation, like that's the Goliath in our life. And God is going to, smite the Goliaths in our life. Like, no, dude, your boss, your boyfriend, your situation is you are not David, you know? And and I just feel like, you know, by and large, there's a lot of that happening in our churches. And then if you listen to our, our preaching, if you listen to our preaching, you got me on a tangent here, but if you listen to our preaching, by and large, it is 
not Christocentric. It is not about Christ. It is a. It is taking the Bible. I think we do preach the Bible in a lot of churches, but it's like you know, you've got a dream and you've got a destiny, and God is going to fulfill your dream and your destiny, and you're a champion and you're an overcomer, and that what that setback is a setup for a comeback. Like it's all this stuff that is about mm-hmm. us. What? Yeah. Um, nothing in the gospel like is about is about you. It is all about Jesus. And so um, until I can like, until I can get into a place where I can lead uh, and and until I have a clear road path of this is how I want to lead. This is the kind of church I want to be a part of. This is the kind of um, community that I want to be a part of. Until any of that happens, I am not in a hurry to start a church or be back in ministry because to mm-hmm. me, I think like my assignment right now is to just love my family and love God and then just get clear on the way he's wired me to to lead because I think, you know, I just I, I, I just think those are some of my frustrations that I have seen yeah. and that yeah. I have personally experienced and uh, with the local church. Yeah. You know, like we say we're a family, we say we're a community, but... We want you to serve six hours a week on a Sunday. And if we don't, if you don't, we're frustrated with you. Like you sinned mm-hmm. against the Lord. Like that's not, yeah. that's not, that's not real. Fam- like when was the last time you had me over your house? When was the last time we had like real community together? Yeah. Yeah. Like we don't understand community anymore. Yeah. I think that's very valid. I think we are in agreement on a lot of things, which is good, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So what does it take since we're here? What is it going to take to shift out of that like place where we're seeing a lot of church be into well, Good it's question. not a new Good way, question. but it's the, the way the, the that old it should way. Be. Yeah, the way it should the old, be. I the think. old way. The way of the that Bible. will look like a yeah. new way. Yeah, yeah the yeah. way of the, what does that take? What does it take to get there? Yeah, I, I can tell you for me. Um, yeah. So right now. Me and Tiffany have had this conversation over and over and over, but I think right now, like I am in a position where I do never, I don't know, I can't say this forever because I can't project, but um, I don't know that I ever, right now, this is how I feel right now, as of today, mm-hmm. I don't know that I ever want to be back on staff working for a church. Yeah. Okay. And um, let me elaborate on that just a little bit. Yeah. I, I think that when you, I have been on staff and I have had my income coming from that church and I have known I cannot be a part of this organization. I need to get out of here. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. But because I'm getting paid and I still have to take care of my family, I'm not doing right by me and I'm not doing right by my family. And I don't think I'm doing right by God because there is a real struggle that you experience when you like trying to figure out, well, then how am I going to put food on the table and how am I going to keep the roof over my head? And there's a wrestling match and that wrestling match can go on for three months or six months or in some cases even longer. And I think that that is a real trap that you put yourself in when you take a paycheck from the church. Yeah. Okay. Or say you're the pastor, say you're the preacher and you're afraid to call out sin because you don't want people 
to leave your church because you got a staff to pay or you got a mortgage or you got a salary or you're afraid to talk about things that need to be addressed in the pulpit because your livelihood is attached to the people that are in the seats. Mm. You know what I mean? And so that whole, uh, that's a really big conversation, right? But that whole idea is really, really overwhelming and is really overwhelming to me. And so for me, what I would love to do is love the church and the ministry to be like my passion, but to be in a place where I don't have to take a paycheck from the church and mm-hmm. I could lead out of whatever God is putting in my heart. Yeah. So I'm not afraid to hurt your feelings because I'm not afraid if you leave because I don't need your money. I'm actually more concerned with the condition of your soul than I right. am about the money that you put in the offering plate. And so for me, for Lucas, I want to be in a position where I, how do I want to say it? Well, I want to be in a position where I don't have to depend on the offering that's coming in every single week to lead and to say what God's put on my heart. And and I don't know if that's like a forever thing, but that's, that's how I feel right now. And I'm pretty clear. And me and my wife are on the same, same page with that. Yeah. Do you hear my kids? Yes. Uh, <laughs> They're having a great Saturday I, I, morning. I am, I, I'm doing the best I can. I'm sorry. You're doing great. No, it's great. It adds some character to the the listening experience. It's real life. This is real life. This is a this is a podcast, but it's real life. Um, I love hearing your thoughts, and that's one of the reasons I wanted you to be on the podcast in the first place because you have awesome thoughts and you articulate them very well. Um, I want to talk about... None of this is get, written down. None of this is written down. I mean, it's that, just in the... Uh, hey. It's just in the old oven. Straight off the old <laughs> of the oven. The oven of your brain. I love that. Um, I don't write anything down either, except for this one thing, this question. Um, I kind of want to transition out of where we were and kind of talk more about what the Lord's doing in your life. Um, and I don't think I had started this question experience when you came on the podcast because we were still very new. So I'm going to read it to you. This is a question my dad, Jerome, asked me as I was starting this podcast. And he said, the times when people have been most affected by your story are when you have been real and genuine about the moments where you have seen clear evidence of God work in your life. So here's the question. Has there been any instant or an event where God really showed up for you, not something churchy, but when you knew it was God considering your situation and doing something for you. So Lucas, I ask this question of you today. (laughs) Yeah, I think for me, uh, what's most important, um, what comes to my mind? um, Yeah. Because there wasn't prep for the question. No. Oh, just kidding. Uh, no, but I, um, not that I need it. But here's what comes to my mind. When I left uh, the church that I was at in Austin in 2019, um, I had a I had a plan to then go down to San Antonio and start a church. Yeah, that was my plan. Yeah, um, I think it was a good plan. I really like San. I, I mean, to this day, I really like San Antonio. Who doesn't love the Mexican market? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a fun, fun city. The Riverwalk and the Alamo. Come on, remember the Alamo. All those different Come things. On. Anyway, mm-hmm. 
So we were planning on moving down to San Antonio. I was going to take a job uh, working construction. And so that, I mean, and my plan was, this was 2019. My plan was we're going to go down there. I'll work for a little bit. We'll get situated. We'll get settled. Then we'll start building a launch team. Then we'll build, then we'll plant this church sometime in 2020. So it was in the summer of that year, I said to Tiffany, we let's go visit my my fam, our families in our hometown. And so it was like June, July. So we get there, we're spending a couple weeks and, um, and the whole thing honestly was just orchestrated by, by the Lord. Mm -hmm. And so here's what I mean by that. So I went to my hometown and I remember one of the things that I wanted to do is I wanted to see a counselor. I wanted to mm. see a counselor because I had been in ministry, full-time ministry for nine years plus um, at, at, at this one church. And, you know, I'd been in, in Austin for over nine years. I'd been in ministry for almost 12 years at the time. I just remember like feeling a little like if I'm going to go plant this church down in San Antonio and in 2020, like I just want to go see a counselor. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, let me just mm-hmm. talk through some of the things that I've experienced and some of the things that I've gone through and, you know, let me just see what's going on. So I remember going to see a counselor and them having having a couple sessions with them and them just telling me like, Lucas, you are not healthy enough to plant this church. Mm. You're like, you are not in a good space. And I was like, oh my gosh, how dare you tell me that? <laughs> yeah. How dare you tell me I'm not healthy enough to plant this church? Like, this is my dream. Like, this is all yeah. I want to do. Yeah. is plant this church and serve the Lord and, you know. Mm-hmm. So it was a really like, it was kind of like a low point for me. But I also knew that they were right. I knew that I wasn't healthy enough. I knew I needed to take some time and just get get healed up and get right. Um, mm. and, and and there's a story inside of that that I don't have time to get into. So we, I just decided, you know, to, I decided like they're right. I'm not healthy enough. So I remember yeah. having a conversation with Tiffany and she's like, then what do we do? Like, what do we do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like our whole life, our, all of our stuff was in storage in Texas. We are planning to move to San Antonio and put our daughter in school at the end of August. You know what I mean? Like that was the plan. Yeah. And we were probably early in July at this point. And so my my pastor that I from my home church reached out to me. I reached out to him. We started to have a conversation. And I just remember telling him, like, I'm not healthy enough. I know I'm not healthy enough to plant this church, mm. but I don't know what to do. Yeah. I don't know anybody in San Antonio. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, my family's here. Like, I have no idea what to do. And so he's like, well, you can come and work for me. I'm like, um, okay, sure. I don't know. And so I remember calling home and telling Tiffany, like, I'm not even going to pray about it. Like, this is your decision. <laughs> yeah. I don't care what we do. So we just decided, and I mean, I'm just being honest about that. Like we decided, you know, I wasn't healthy enough and that we needed to be in a healthy place. Yeah. And so we stayed home. We like me and my dad flew to Texas. We got all my stuff. We put it in a U-Haul and I drove it to my home state of Ohio. Wow. That's like the setup for, for all of this, right? Sure. So I'm home. My family is really, really important to me. I'm working on getting healthy. 
you know, and it was had a lot to do with pace, had a lot to sure. do with how fat, how much I was going, how much I was serving, things like that. It had a lot to do with that. But not too long after that, my mom ended up getting sick. Mm. And um, so she had cancer in her bladder, some, something like that. And she ended up getting sick. And I am like a huge, huge, like, like huge. I can't even explain it. I'm yeah. a huge mama's boy. Like, <laughs> I just love my mom. Yeah. And I was so thankful to God. Yeah. To be home. Wow. While my mom was sick and while she was battling her cancer. Yeah. Wow. Like, thank you to Jesus that I was not mm. trying to plant this church. Yeah. Thank you to Jesus that I wasn't trying to plant this church in 2020. Like, if I would have planted the church in 2020 and the pandemic hit, like, that would have been terrible. Mm-hmm. But like, thank you to Jesus. I am so thankful yeah. to God that I was able to be home and be with my family and be with yeah. my mom um, during that time. And I am so grateful um, for my time that I spent in my hometown these last three years. Like, it was not perfect. I could not wait to get back to Texas. But I am grateful to God that I was able to be there with my family. And I think that, yeah. that for me, for me, I mean, that was like, that was just the sovereignty of the, of, of God allowing me to be there. And, yeah. and now my mom's doing well, she's better, she's retired. And that was one of the easy ways for me to get back here. It's like, she's retired now. She can come see me and the kids whenever she wants. Right. So long answer to, to your question, but uh, that's what comes to my mind. I am, I mean, I'm so thankful to, I'm thankful to God. And I mean, like, listen, I don't mean to like under spiritualize things here, but like the Lord has really kept me and my family. Yeah. Like I still love God with everything that I've seen, everything that I've been through, the frustrations I've had with the local church. Sure. Like I still love God. Yeah. I still want to serve him. I still all those things are really important to me. Yeah. And um, I think God is, I think God is really, really good. Mm-hmm. I think Jesus is amazing. There's no one like Jesus. And I think that people don't see Jesus. They see our churches and they see our institutions. And if we could just show them how amazingly yeah. good God is. Yeah they would be overwhelmed by his goodness. Mm. Uh, there's a girl that I work with her, um, um, at my job. So I am not in church. I'm in sales. And um, there's a girl I work with in our job. And I don't know if she would claim to be an atheist or she just, I know that she had a bad experience with um, mm. with church growing up. I don't, I don't know exactly what it is yet, but she told me the other day, she said, Lucas, you're the first Christian I've ever met. She's freaking 26, 27 years old. Lucas, you're the first Christian I've ever met that actually makes me want to go to church mm. and check things out. And I'm like, wow. oh, just be careful what church you go to. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's just the truth. Like yeah. if people could just see, if you could just get out of the way and they could just see that Jesus is not your savior to make you have a better life. And Jesus is not your savior so that you can drive a nicer car. Jesus is not your <laughs> savior so that you could 
live in a fancy house. You and me had a debt, had a penalty on our life that our good could never outweigh our bad. And we were, there was, there was a chasm in our relationship that God wanted to have with us. And Jesus in his goodness and in his sovereignty and in his kindness and in his love stepped out of eternity wrapped himself in humanity, clothed himself with humility, lived a perfect life for 33 and a half years, took your sin and my sin so that you and me could become the righteousness of God. And now, today, mm-hmm. right now, you and me are seated with him in heavenly places as, and, and we become the righteousness of God. Like that has nothing to do with how good you are, Faith, or how good I am. It has everything to do with how good God is. And because yeah. Jesus is that good. That's why I worship him. That's why I sing the songs. Worthy is your name, Jesus. You deserve it all. You know, like it's all unto the lamb. It's all unto the king. It's all unto Jesus. It has nothing to do with me and my destiny and me having a better life. It has everything to do with how good God is. And so Mm -hmm. like when you ask that question, it's just like, what has God done for you? It's like, like I still love him. That's beautiful. Wow. That's why I love asking that question because the answers are so different for everyone, but they all are so beautiful and such a testimony of what the Lord is doing in everyone's life in such different ways. Like he takes every situation and makes it amazing in so many different ways. Come on. There was a song growing up that we used to sing in my church. It said, look what the Lord has done. Do you know it? I, I feel like I know it. I feel like that Lord feels similar. Has done, 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 done. He healed my body. He touched my mind. Come on, just go listen to some old school Brownsville some, revival, mm, Lyndall Cooley mm-hmm. joint. Come on, I'm a church kid. Mm-hmm. Um, Love so. it. So good. So good. Wow. Lucas, this has been so great. Look how far we've come since our first our first episode that we ever recorded together. Four years so ago. So cool. Four years ago. Sorry we couldn't do it in person. I'm sorry we had to do it remote. But, I mean, you can hear the chaos. You can hear it. I mean, a dog barked in mine. So we're we're just, you know, we're just rocking with what we got here. Um, So I always like to wrap up because I know you have some soccer to go and hang out and love with your kids. Soccer dad. Love that. Um, So I like to ask a couple of things. What are you reading or if you're like me and you listen to audiobooks, um, what are you listening to? Music, podcasts, all the things, and then what do you do for fun? So just run those down for us, and I'll try and take as best of notes as I can. Yeah, so what I do for fun is I like to work out. I cannot help it, but that is he, like my... He really does. That's like my me time. Yeah. Um, so right now, i just give you an idea. I work 60-some hours a week. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I work 7 to 5.30. Tuesday and Thursday, I work 7 to 7.30. Saturdays, I usually work 9 to 2. So that's like 60-some hours when you when you put yeah. it on paper. And uh-huh. then, you know, I have soccer and I have family and things like that. So the only time that I have for myself is my time to work out. And the only time I have to work out is 4.30 in the morning. So I like to wake <laughs> up. At 4.30 in the morning, I have um, my pre-workout, and the way I take pre-workout, which I recommend everybody do, is I just take a scoop, put it in my mouth, dry, and then drink water. I don't mix it. I mean, I don't have time to be mixing it and shaking it. No, just give it to me dry. Yeah, so. Ugh. 
I work out. So three days a week, I run three miles a day. Um, Three days a week, I run. Um, And then Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I work out and I do weights. And I just, I just, it's just what I do. It's just my time. It's just time for me to clear my head. And if I don't work out, I am like, I'm grumpy. (laughs) Yeah. I can't help it. Like I've tried, I've tried. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, I'm actually grumpy. So that's what I do for that's fun. That's so funny. Okay. Besides okay. like hanging out with my family and like, of I'm going to go have a blast going to soccer games. Oh my gosh. Like, so fun. Like this is the best time of my life. Like cheering that's on my so kids. Cool. It's so much fun. Yeah. So that is like family fun. But like yeah. for me, for Lucas, um, for Lucas I've fun. also become a little bit of like a little bit of a coffee snob. Um, oh, a, a bit, snob. I, I think so. I really enjoy a good cup of coffee. Okay. And my so favorite drink, just so, yeah, um, I have an espresso machine at home, but my favorite drink, if I can go to a shop, um, a coffee shop, and they have a Cortado, and they okay. can do a good Cortado, it's like, mm, chef's kiss right okay. on the mouth. Okay. Um, nice. Um, nice. So I love do that. enjoy a here. good cup of coffee. Okay. Um, and then what else? Uh, what am so I? So what do you listen? Yeah. What do I what listen do you, to right now? Yeah. I'm, because I'm in sales, I'm in the sales world. I listen to uh, Alex Armozi. He yeah, you said that. Um, if you haven't heard of him, he's just like cool. He's good, um, but he has a lot of like coaching on like sales tactics and business and strategy and life. And he's just one of those guys that like okay, um, he's just really really good. Like his mm-hmm. content is not just all sales, it's not all motivation. It's just like on anything, but it's really, really good. I actually think if there was ever a time, like I could, if I ever started, uh, if I could project five years in the future, 10 years in the future, mm-hmm. if I ever started my own like content, like I would, you know, want to talk about some of the things that he talks about. Like he doesn't talk about God and church and anything like that. So I would incorporate like, yeah, I just haven't figured all that out. But like, he talks yeah. about like fitness. He talks about lifestyles. He talks about work life balance. He talks about. I mean, he talks about everything. But then when he talks about sales, it's like this dude's blowing my freaking mind. So I nice. listened to him. I just read his book, Million Dollar Offers. Um, and then let me. Um, I have a thirty five minute drive, so I listen to audio books. So here's okay. what's been in my library: Jordan Peterson, Twelve Rules for Life. Oh, uh, and I will tell you one thing that I have listened to. This is a guy that probably not a lot of people have listened to. Uh, His name is Andrew Farley. And I just finished reading his book called The Grace Message. Um, Excellent, excellent book. He has a book that I recommend more than The Grace Message called The Naked Gospel. Absolutely incredible. Two books that I read in Ohio that were amazing are Emotionally healthy spirituality and emotionally healthy leader. Those books really helped me out of my slump that I was in coming out of Texas. That's by Pete Scazzaro. They were awesome. Mm. All right. And then you asked me a third question. What am I reading? What am I listening to? And what do I do? For I think that answers everything. Do you listen to music? Like when you're working out, like when you run, do you listen to music or are you listening to books while you run? Um, so couple things. Uh, I will yep. listen to books. I will listen. I, I listen to my Bible on audio mm-hmm. when I run. Um, I will listen to a little bit of Justin Timberlake. <laughs> okay. Because I love him. I listen to Taylor Swift. I love her. She's amazing. Okay. She okay. is the man. 
Okay. That's just the truth, y'all. Love that. I think, you know, some of Justin Bieber stuff is good. But I don't sure. really, but like, I mostly listen You're to worship. You're not a music guy. Okay, worship. So what's your favorite worship right now? Right now is probably Upper Room. Yep. Because it's like all, it's mostly unto the, um, yeah. unto the Lord, you know? Mm-hmm. Upper Room is really right now all that I have on my playlist. Nice. Do you have a favorite song? Like your go-to if you're going to put one on? Yes. Which one? Hang on. It's, it's, um, there's two songs on their one album. It's Oh the Cross. Oh the Cross, what you've done. It was more than enough. Oh my God. That put Mm -hmm. me in a space. And then I just love you. I just, it's called I Just Love You or I Just Love You. I Love You or something like that. It's, ah, my God. Like if I got like 30 minutes just like worship with the Lord by myself here in my house, I'm putting those on. Um, two, two songs and you're good to go. 30 minutes. Well, their songs are like 15 minutes So each. long. Yeah. So, so long, but so good. Yeah. You know how like Apple at the end of the year puts like your, here's your, your replay. My replay yeah. for, for the one year was like these two songs and then the amount of times I listen to these songs and then everything else. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So you're an Apple guy. Yes. An Apple music guy. Yes. Mm. Mm-hmm. I feel like I don't know why it's divided. I go back and forth. I waffle, but I've been on Spotify for a while now. No, you need to get off of that. You get off of that. <laughs> get off of that. So, Lucas, I am like so intertwined into the Apple verse. I don't know that yeah, I can get out. I everything's have an Apple, connected. Yeah. My computer, my iPad, my phone, my watch. Like, I can't. It's all connected. Yeah. Yeah. It's all connected. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful That's how thing. they suck you in. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, oh, well, one thing breaks, you just have to get a new one of that thing. Mm-hmm. I just, I'm just, I love seeing your face. I love seeing you happy and just doing well. And I'm really glad that we get to see Lucas in this new season. Um, tell me, what are you most excited about? So we are in September. It's going to be October by the time this comes out. So we'll be like starting true fall hopefully so what are you looking forward to as we close out 2022 the fall winter etc like what's top of your list looking forward to the most in this new season that you're in back in texas yeah so for me i'll tell you right now like my whole focus is i I just started this job Mm -hmm. um and so what i do is i sell um health insurance on the private market okay okay so shameless plug here Nope, for individuals, small business owners, 1099 individuals, and families that if you're looking for like health insurance on Obamacare and you don't qualify for a subsidy, you need to not go there. You need to talk to me. So like talk to Lucas. That that's that's my deal. So I sell insurance um, on the private market through uh, United Healthcare plans, and I really really enjoy it. Um, but I'm in the learning curve, so I'm eight weeks sure. I'm eight weeks in, but I'm at the place in, in the job where I can see the path moving forward. Yeah. And so I'm putting a lot of work in. I'm front-loading a lot of the work so that I can kind of learn as quickly and as fastly as possible and try and – so I'm at eight weeks in. For eight weeks, I've been working 60-some hours a week. And in my mind and in talking to my manager, it's like you put in this kind of hours at eight weeks. It's actually like you're at 12 weeks. If you're mm. working a normal 40, 45, you know what I mean? So I'm like trying yeah. to push myself ahead. Accelerate. By, yeah. And so you just do that with time. And so 
what I'm most excited about is to get in the place where um, I am able to understand this job and to comfortably provide for my family in a way that is not ministry. And, and that is something that I'm actually really, really proud about because for the mm. last, you know, 11, 12 years, that's all I've been doing. Yeah. And that's all that I had. And so I'm excited for that. My daughter's going to turn eight in November. I'll be married for 12 years in January. Right. Or is it 11 yeah. years? I was married in 2011. Um, 11 January. I think that's right. It's not like that. I think it is. I think yeah. it is. Totally. Yep. It's exciting. You know, and my son, like, one of the reasons, just let me growing. just say this. Let me say this. Let me say this. Yeah. One of the reasons we stayed in Ohio for so long is because the school that we were at was really, really good. And mm-hmm. we were worried about Kena. But she's in school here. She's doing so good. Like, I'm so oh. happy with the decision that we made to get down here. She's doing so good. My, my son Enoch is doing so, so good. And Isaac is in a three-day um, Mother's Day Out program. So my family Cute. is just like, what I'm looking forward Thriving. to is just my, my family to continue to adjust. My family's doing really, really well. Tiff is working. Um, things, are, things are going good. So Amazing. Amazing. I love that. So I'm just well, excited everyone... to like, you know, continue to like yeah. get established and get on our feet. Yeah. Yeah. Back in Texas. And then there's a lot of people I love in Texas that I that I am looking forward to seeing. And, I, and um, I just have not had, had, had the time. Yeah. Busy guy. Busy guy. Tell everyone how they can keep up with you and reach out if they do need health insurance. Oh, I would know, love to hear from people. Um, yeah. I would love to hear how do from they people. Do it? Uh, the easiest way really is on Instagram. I'm at LucasPGonzalez yeah. underscore. That's me on Instagram or just LucasGonzalez on Facebook. Those are the two that I'm on the most. Yep. And, um, and that, that's how you can find me. Awesome. Um, and if you need help with your health insurance or you're paying too much or anything like that, bro, please reach out. Come on. Reach help, out help to Lucas. Let me help you. I love that. Well, I hope that you guys have the best day playing, playing soccer, soccer and watching soccer and just being a all around soccer dad. So thank you again, Lucas, for being here. I appreciate it. I love you a lot. Love you. Excited hey. for you. Sorry we couldn't do this in person, but... It's okay. We'll get there. We're going to get there. Year five. Yeah. There you go. All right, guys. Say bye to Lucas. Bye, Lucas. All right. Bye, Faith.